The Bamboo Project Podcast starts in three, two. Welcome to the Bamboo Project Podcast. My name is Donovan Gray, the future $10 billion man. On the way to 10 billion, I decided I'm going to help create 1,000 millionaires, including myself. And not by being a guru or selling a course, but by doing the things I already love to do every day and documenting the journey to get there. I figure I'll make all the mistakes so you don't have to. My name is Donovan Gray, and this is how I will turn my life into a living. I'd like to start off by giving a shout out to all the people rocking with us and supporting the channel. We really appreciate you. We are currently streaming on all major streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Anchor. You name it, we on it. And if we not on it, we about to be on it. For everyone listening to this podcast and not watching it, you can find us on YouTube at The Bamboo Project. We have over 400 videos on our channel. 400. Do you want to learn real estate? We got that. Do you want cooking tutorials inspired by Dr. Sabi? We got that. Do you want travel and lifestyle vlogs? Got it. Makeup? Got it. Basketball? Got it. It's everything us. All the parts of the journey that don't make it to YouTube will probably be on our story. You can find me on Instagram at Donovan Gray. D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. Okay? The Bamboo Project is about turning your life into a living by making money off the things you already do every day. We made different playlists for all the things we're into and you can find all of those links in the description box below. This may be your first time here and if it is, welcome to the family. But for everyone else, this is chapter 3, page 123. This podcast has four different segments. Life update, episode playback, Donovan's questions, and the topic of the day. All video and audio timestamps will be in the description box below. Today's date is July 26th, Tuesday, and it is kind of late. It's 5.46 p.m., so we're probably doing this podcast like 7-something. Before we get to the life update, we're going to do screen time. And y'all already know, I know it's your favorite time of the podcast, is screen time. Yay, woo-wee, yay, woo yeah, yeah. And I know the saying, for those who are new, the saying is, if I don't take advantage of my phone, then my phone will take advantage of me. And if I want to be a billionaire, that is probably not the best way to get there. Okay, 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 okay. Don't say nothing this time. So for this week, or last week, excuse me, my average screen time each day was seven hours and 48 minutes okay that is down from last week which was nine hours and 25 minutes that's a lot that's a lot all right uh according to my phone that's a 17 percent decrease okay uh youtube was 22 hours and 16 minutes instagram was 10 hours and five minutes and google maps was five hours and six minutes so for the whole week it was 54 hours and 41 minutes my pickups are really high, but it was down from last week. Picking up my phone 110 times per day. It just sounds so addictive. I feel like to do anything 110 times a day is just crazy, other than like breathing. Um, so, uh, beautiful, phenomenal, amazing girlfriend, what is your screen time looking like? This might be my lowest in a while. So, my average for last week is six hours. And 13 minutes. Damn, addiction. You gotta listen. You gotta put your phone down more often. Six hours. Ooh. Obviously, your, your, your screen time is so high. So, I spent 10 hours on Google Maps last week. Jesus. 
I spent 10 hours on Instagram. That's suspicious. Google Maps, I, I spent the same exact amount of time on Google Maps as I did on Instagram. That's very suspicious. Listen. Um, music was number three at five hours and 30 minutes, and TikTok was number four at three hours and 27 minutes for the week. And I picked up my phone 119 times, which is down 17% from the week prior, um, in which I picked up my phone 144 times. Mm, damn, that's almost 200 times. That's crazy. Um, okay, so I'm pretty sure I know what the title says. Um, but before I get to that, there's a there's a couple there's a thing there's something I want to address, and I don't think I've ever done this on the podcast before. Um, it's not really my nature. I could be in good spirits, that could be the reason why. Um, but I feel very grateful, like very, very grateful for everybody that watches the podcast, for everybody that has supported us and helped us to get to where we are now. Uh, the list is so long, like, like it's it's so many people that have really teamed up to help us get to where we're at. Um, and from a year ago to where we are at now, we are in a way better position. We're not out of the mud yet, but we are in a way better position as opposed to last year where we had no idea of how to make money. Uh, we had no money coming in. We, at that point, it was just... You know, we still, like I said, we, we we have money coming in. We just have really high expenses. So it's like, it might as well have no money. But I'd rather have that than like expenses and no money. Like I remember when it was a point where we had no money coming in at all. Um, so like I said, I'm very grateful for that. Something else that I wanted to, uh, I guess, show my gratitude towards is Melissa. Because as far as the candles go we're talking about the candles not the other stuff because well we did a craft fair this weekend right and uh some of y'all probably don't know we have a candle business where we sell candles ember candle co m-b-u-r-c-a-n-d-l-e dot c-o now the reason that i want to express my gratitude for melissa just how much i appreciate her in this situation is because the candles at every craft fair we do people love the candles and like they love the setup they love the smell they love the the logo they love the name they love the name of the candle the brand name the color scheme the idea behind everything they just love all of that and it makes my job a lot easier selling the candles because it's a great product now of course you know i'm listen <laughs> when it comes to sales i'm just saying that you know i got a little knack for it but it makes my job so much easier and i can have the conviction when i sell the candles because i know they're a good candle um part of this is coming from a recent comment that we had on the channel uh where somebody i'm gonna read the comment because like i said this is kind of what inspired uh me just feeling like this so someone said i bought the people watching candle at your table on sunday and this is my all-time favorite candle it smells amazing and is long lasting i just bought two more on your website i'm so excited and loved when you guys share with me the helpful tips to keep my candles in good care smiley face now like i said to me that i read that melissa got or melissa got the comment showed it to me and i would just over like i guess overwhelmed with this feeling of I guess happiness or joy and I think it comes from the fact that people enjoy the things that we put out there um and that's why I feel like I said with the podcast people enjoy listening to the podcast you know all the comments I'm reading conversing with people in the comments about different topics that we go through every week um and it's just 
it just feels really good to be able to, I guess, express your artistic feelings or just express yourself artistically and people are able to enjoy what you're putting out there. Um, whether it be the Turo videos, whether it be the candles, whether it be the podcast, whether it be the channel in general, um, just things we put out there, people enjoy. And it makes me personally feel good that people can enjoy it. Um, so like I said, I just really wanted to like put that out there. Like, I, like it feels, this is a feeling that I, hmm, have I had this before? Hmm. I can't say I had this before. Yeah, I can't. I don't think I can say that because I think this is the first time. Maybe, maybe with basketball, probably with probably something close. Because to me, I view basketball as art. Like the way people dribble, the way they set screens, the way they play, and you know the spacing and things like that. I view it as art. So to see good basketball, to see people here or talk about me when I'm playing good and they have compliments, that makes me feel good. But I've never like tried to sell that. I've never tried to like put it out there. I just kind of go to the park and play and people give me compliments on it. So I'm like, okay, that feels good. But this is something that to me feels very different where people are like, I really enjoy experiencing what you're experiencing. Um, so for me, the equivalent would be if somebody could like be in my body when I play basketball and then feel that thing. Like, yo, do you feel this is crazy, right? Um, so I just wanted to put that out there because I'm not, I'm usually a very, how would I put that? I'm usually a very, um nonchalant kind of like in the middle neutral type of person so when it comes to expressing you know my appreciation or my love or stuff like that i do it but this time like it's a it's a different kind of feeling that i have for this um but you know that is enough of that because i don't want to get too you know just mad gay so <laughs> um Nah, that's gay. That's gay. Um, but but yeah, like I said, so just shout out to all of y'all. And then something else, like I said, it's so much different things. Like shout out to my guy Emilio because, like, like I said, this this in the last day, a lot of things have happened. Day or two, and I'm just like, I just feel really good to see how things are going because Emilio, we met through YouTube, and at that time he, I think he was working. He didn't want to work anymore. He wanted to get into wholesaling. He had found our channel trying to get into wholesaling and he's been trying to do it. And he was, you know, we would try and cold call, you know, together, try and find leads and do things like that to get a deal. And we never got a deal. Right. So I was like, you know, I'm gonna put a pause on it because I need to focus on this house to get the house done. And he's like, okay, he wanted to double down with him and his girlfriend to be like, okay, I want to really get into it. So they quit their job to be able to go and actually pursue wholesaling. Right. And it's so crazy because they closed uh, four deals, I think, since January, possibly. Um, so I don't know how much they made in total, but I think at, I know they made at least seventeen thousand dollars from wholesaling. They said they had a, their biggest deal was for ten on our channel. We have an episode with them where they made their first seventy five hundred dollars, their first check when they got their very, very, very first deal. So now they're taking the money to go on. You know, I think it's a vacation they're going on to El Salvador. So to see things like that, to like I remember we used to be on the phone talking about how sellers are really like it's hard to get a deal. This is harder people say it is. I don't understand. And now the fact that he is doing that, it just makes me feel good to see that. And then, like I said, you have him doing that. You have us doing what we're doing. And Melissa and I were talking about this, where some people have probably watched the What Is the Bamboo Project video on our channel. It's fairly long, and you know it was very raw. But we talk about the whole reason behind the Bamboo Project name. And I think that the last two years, 
maybe I guess three years now at this point, two years, two and some change, has really been the roots getting into the ground. Like I really feel like that's what it is, and I'm I really I I feel like the bamboo tree is starting to make like its first sprout. Like it's actually like just breaking the dirt. And I feel like that's where we're at right now. Like the fact that we have money coming in, we have a strategy to make money going forward. Like I think it's 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 just a lot of things like that. So like I said, I don't want to be too gay, but we're gonna we're gonna move forward uh with the with the rest of the uh you know a little a little gay is fine, but too much is you don't want to be too much gay. Same thing with being straight. You don't want to be too straight. You wanna be a little gay, a little straight together. You wanna be too much of either or. Um but but yeah, so I I just feel I just I, I just feel a, a feeling that I feel that I feel happy, like enjoy from everybody who's being successful and things like that. Um, and shout see even somebody else. It's unrelated, but somebody else who had watched the channel, she was like, "Yeah, I want to get three tour. I want to get uh, I want to start throw this week." And I was like, "All right, yeah, try this. You know, see if you can do that. Whatever, whatever." Next week, she like, yeah, I got three cars. I was like, "Damn, you got three cars!" I'm like, "God damn!" Like shout out, like that's crazy. Uh, but anyways, back to more uh, serious things. Um, so as the title probably says we are we have fired our agents um there was a lot of mixed reviews or comments for last week and many people i've talked to uh some people said it was not the best idea some people said it was a good idea um and i think one thing that i've heard was that uh shout out to tori it was that the point we're at in our deal, we should be more willing to put up with bad um, or not so good real estate agents because they're going to be a one-off. Like we're not going to be or have a very long continued relationship with them. So they're, I should give them more slack for what they're doing. Um, for me, the reason why I decided to fire them was mostly because it's a shift in how I approach business that I have to be able to internalize. And I don't want to keep saying to myself like, okay, we're right there. Let's just keep using somebody that's bad just because we're right at the finish line. And I feel like that's the same reason that we ended up with the contract that we have now is because the whole process was okay. We were right there. We could just get somebody to do the project. Okay. If we could just get him to do a little bit better, a little bit more, just do a little bit better here. Oh, month, week after week, month after month, over a year now, we keep doing that. And this project it costs us a lot of money, costs us way more time than it should. And I'm definitely scarred from that. So I don't even want to, like, I'm very sensitive to that now. Like, if I was to think about it as, like, an actual cut on my skin, I am very sensitive to having somebody and having these blips, as I call them, where I'm like, ooh, what was that? I don't like that. No, 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 no. I don't like that. And for them, like I said, it was more than one blip. So the podcast was shot on Tuesday. I believe I called them the following day when we had went. Where are we going that day? We weren't going to Philly, were we? We were in the car. We were going to Jersey to get wax for the candle. Um, and I texted them in the group chat. And I said, hey, uh, I would you know, like to cancel the contract we have together and so on and so forth, right? I don't even think I said more than that. I might just said, I want to cancel the contract. So I got a call from the broker. So look at it like three levels. You have a brokerage, which is the top. Then you have the broker who usually runs that brokerage. And then you have the agents underneath them. So the broker of that brokerage called me. Now, 
I've been dealing with her before because I've talked to her about this property. So I appreciate the fact that she called me because she could have easily just said, okay, that's fine. I'll cancel it. We're good to go. Um, but she called and wanted to know what was going on. Why did I want to cancel it? Um, I actually have never heard from the agent yet, which is also kind of disappointing, but it's also kind of the reason why I feel like it was better to let her go because I think that if someone, I would want to know what, what you felt like I did wrong and I would want to know how I can get better at it because I may at least take a criticism and go, okay, I don't agree with what you're saying, or I might take it and go, okay, I'm going to try and get better. But I haven't, she didn't text me and say, you know, Hey, I appreciate working with you. She didn't say, she didn't call me or anything. So I'm like, okay, that kind of speaks to what I felt like was happening with the project and, and, uh, in general. So I'm on the phone with the broker and she's kind of asking me what's going on. Now, here's my biggest issue that I had with the agent on the property. It's initiative and what was the other one? And her selling ability. That's what it, those are the major the major two things was initiative and selling ability, right? For me, I want initiative. I don't think you have to be the best agent at what you do, that would be nice, but I also want initiative. The reason why I don't think I need to hire the best agent in the city is because they may go, hey, your house is $315,000. I mostly only sell $7 million houses. I'll get to you when I get to you. They may be the best in the city, but they aren't the best for me. And I don't want somebody who has no experience either, but I want somebody who's somewhere in the middle who has experience, a good amount of experience, and they have the drive to want to get the deal done. And I think that comes down to a personality trait because everybody will run their business differently. Something works for some people, others work for other people. For me, I'm like, hey, if you tell me you're going to come to the house, I want to see, are you going to come to the house? That, that was my biggest thing after the first couple of blips. If you don't come to the house... There's no initiative. Like you just like, okay, whatever happens, happens. So when I explained that to the broker, she said to me, well, she thought that uh, she was waiting for you to send her the 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 security password or something, something to that effect, right? And in my head, I'm thinking, y'all have been to the house four times, five times or something like that. Y'all have the code to get in the house. So, and she, and that particular agent actually has the code for the security system inside the house because he had to go there to, to disarm and do something else for us. So I'm like, okay, that reads to me that she did not want to go to the house. What the reason for that is, I don't know, but it also show, I feel like, I don't know if this is the case, but I feel like she will have that same approach when it comes to dealing with buyers or other agents and trying to get this deal closed. I need somebody going to go, Hey, I'm calling you back. Did your buyer want to do this deal? What did they say? Let's try to negotiate on this. That was one of my issues. The second issue, like I talked about in that podcast from before or last week, is her ability to sell. When it comes to selling, you can make a bad problem sound good. And it's not by lying. It's by pointing out the parts of it that can be beneficial to a person who wants to buy it. Because, and this is an example of that. So, the basement had water in it, right? Now, one agent can say, hey, water is a very common thing in Philadelphia, and I know some people who have had water, and they turn it into an elevator storage space. It's not a lot of water. It's enough to come down here and do your laundry, but it's not a place that you would obviously go and sleep on the floor. It's a place that you can store your things, keep them safe, and have extra space for your house. Or you could say, 
man water is there's a lot of water in the basement i personally wouldn't want to be down there um i don't know why they didn't get the water fixed um you know it, it's some water over there. it's kind of dirty and it kind of smells like those two people are talking about the same house and all you gotta do is position it differently in how you speak about it and that can change the perception of how it is perceived by somebody else um so that is one of my that's my second biggest issue so during the phone call uh she has oh and i has told her this I said, right now where I'm at in my life, I'm looking for great people to work with, not good people. And I think you guys are good, but I need really good and great. And she said, okay, I'm hurt by that, that you feel like we're not great and we're just good. Um, So that was kind of how the conversation went. And I kind of explained to her what I just explained to y'all as to why I wanted to get a different agent. So now Melissa and I, after that, had a conversation. So during the convo with the agent, I didn't touch much on um, initiative. I, I kind of addressed it, but I feel like I mostly went into how she was selling the property to me when it came to the water in the basement. So after the phone call, I felt bad, right? And Melissa said the reason she felt like I felt bad was because I didn't tell her, I didn't address more of the fact that the agent didn't have initiative. For me, I the reason I felt like I felt bad was because I liked them. They were good people. And she was about to have a baby. And, you know, we had a, a, a semi-relationship over the last couple of weeks. We've laughed and joked on the phone about the candles we talked about the podcast so it's been it they're fun people and i enjoy them as friends or things you know whatever associates whatever you want to call them but when it comes to the business that's not for me right now what i feel like is the best so then during the call she said to me hey how about this how about i take over the listing um but the issue is well she said how about i take over the listing um, I could probably do it for about three or four weeks, but then I'm going to be on maternity leave the next month. And I'm like, that's a good option. However, you're going on maternity leave. And I think it's just something I should just say, hey, you know what? You're going on maternity leave. We're going to be in the same case in a month from now. I'm going to have this agent who I didn't want on it now doing the work. I'd rather just cut our ties here before we get any deeper into the contract. So, like I said, after the call, I didn't feel very good about it. But here's my overall take on the phone call, right? Before I made the phone call, every question I asked myself said I should let them go. The questions I asked myself were, if I had more time, would I hire them or keep them? The answer was no, I wouldn't. The other question was, were there blips that they had that I didn't like? Yes. Uh, do I feel like they are the great at their job? No. Do I feel like they're really good at their job? Not really. So I'm like, okay. Why would I keep them then? Like, what is my reason for keeping? Because I like them. That's really the only reason. Um, so it was kind of a conflict as to when I let them go because I still felt bad afterwards. But going forward after the phone call, the the feeling kind of subsided. And I felt like, okay, I feel a lot calmer now. I feel more relaxed. I'm like, okay, I think we made the right decision in doing that. So here's how we're going about the house now. I've been calling agents over the last week or so, and I've been talking to them about if they have a buyer or not. I've been calling agents on properties, right? The specific agents I've been calling are the ones that represent the buyers for those houses and asking them, hey, 
do you have other buyers that weren't able to qualify for that particular house or that want a different kind of house? So for me, I feel like it has been a good start to these phone calls. I've probably had, I know I had one person, I've had one person for sure have a buyer go to the house because of multiple people have had buyers. And the thing I've heard the most from all the buyers at the house is a little bit too far north. That's the only problem I've heard. Everyone loves the way the house looks. They said it's a beautiful house. They said the work looks amazing. Um, they're just saying like, hey, it's a little bit higher than we want. Now, and I've been telling people 315 for the house. And if y'all remember, the old agents once listed at 295. So I have not heard any pushback on the price of the house. Everybody's been like, yeah, that's, that's, that seems fine. Um, and I'm like, okay, that if we get 315, that'd be great. The only problem we have to overcome right now is the actual location. They were saying if it was a block or two lower, it'd be better. And one of the agents had their buyer drive around the property, which is again, great. She said that she didn't like the area because she felt like there was a little bit too many vacant houses for her particular liking. Um, there was also a, uh, what else was it? There's new construction. So it's not finished yet, but because it's still going up, she's like, you know, I, I w I'd rather wait until there's those houses are finished being built and then come to that area because she's as a single woman, she doesn't feel as safe to be walking around that area by herself, um, going home and going to work. But here's how I read that. That's a good uh, step or starting place for us because like, okay, we found somebody that has a buyer. They they came to the house. They liked the house. The only issue was the actual location. So I probably talked to maybe, f not talked to, but at least four of maybe four to six buyers or four to six agents have had buyers. And one agent went to the property. He liked it. He's going to show it to his buyers. Um, I've had, like I said, I've had a lot of different conversations with people. So I think we're going in the right direction. I'm trying to tweak my, I guess, search results or my search filters to figure out who exactly I want to target for a buyer for the house. What I've been doing now is we're doing like this. Okay. Let's say you have a house that's like 340. Okay. Maybe it's a three bedroom, three bathroom, something like that. Maybe even 350. I feel like because the market is shifting, somebody who's going to buy the house might go, you know what? <sighs> we can't afford 350 no more. We could do 315. We could do 320. And to me, I'm like, listen, that's right in my ballpark. You may get a little bit smaller house, but you save $40,000, $50,000. You could take that money, renovate the basement, add a third floor to your house. Whatever you want to do, you can add it to your house or save that money and go on vacation, whatever you want to do. So as opposed to targeting buyers at my, at my specific price point, I'm now going up and seeing who wants to come down to the price. Um, the next thing I'm doing is I'm also going to call the agents who are listing the properties because I feel like they may have buyers one or let's say someone comes to try to buy the house from them. They could also say, hey, this may not work for you, but I have a, a pocket listing that's 315, 315, beautiful house. What do you think about it? So that's kind of where we're at right now as far as as far as the, the direction of the house. The last thing for that as far as my strategy goes is I want to start calling like mortgage loan officers uh, and maybe even lawyers. Um, 
just people who are in the real estate business who may be in touch with buyers. I feel like with a mortgage loan officer, they will have people they approve for loans. So they may be able to say, hey, how much you got approved for was 325? I know a person has a house for 315. And then maybe I can structure some type of payment plan or payment for the guy or girl who does it and helps us get the house. Helps, helps us sell the house. So that's where we're at as far as um, that goes. Now, I'm going to put a picture up right here of, it's only one picture, of a virtual staging that we paid for, okay? It was $24 for this one picture. And to me, another great start because instead of paying $3,200 for a listing that lasts three months or a staging that lasts three months, we can pay maybe $300 and have the whole house virtually staged. And that's that they have lower prices than that. But if I'm sending this to people, they go, oh, I like that. That looks good. They come to the house and go, okay, I've seen what it looks like with, with, with furniture in it. I'm in the house. It looks nice. Okay. And we save a lot of money doing that. Thousands of dollars. So I'm like, okay, I think that's a good direction to go to. The only thing is we have to go back out to Philly to get better pictures um, for the staging. But the one we have and what I'm showing here, it's not bad. Like, it's not a bad picture. On to the next thing, okay? It also should be in the title as well. The craft fair, okay? We made $1,300 at the craft fair in two days. And this goes back to what I was talking about earlier where I said we have found a way to make money. And like I said, again, as I said earlier in the podcast, shout out to Melissa because making candles was her idea. Like, okay, I want to make candles. And I was like, who buys candles, Melissa? I'm like, don't nobody buy candles. That's not a thing. Like, people, like, okay. Like I said, if you want to do it, I'm here. But I'm like, I don't know if people really buying candles. So, we're, now we're at the point where we can, where we are very confident that we will make six to $800 in a day selling candles at the craft fair, right? So now this is where my expertise comes in, where it's like, okay, how do we get this, you know, $800 a day on two days to 20, 30, 50K a month? Like that is my goal is to blow it up to that. So at least it can pay our bills. Um, at the craft fair, we have, we had got online orders from somebody that actually came to the craft fair. One thing we've been trying to focus on is how can we get more orders online so we don't have to actually be at the craft fair every single weekend or every day to sell candles because they have another fair, right? And in this fair, uh, like I said, seven it's one of seven days a week. And I'm like, if we had enough inventory to sell candles every single day, let me do the math on what that would be. There's 300 candles you would have to bring, right? So if my math is correct, let me see, it will be 35. So we would make $6,000 in a week, roughly. If we was to sell candles every single day at the craft fair. Are you serious? Yes. That's kind of crazy. Yes. 6,000? 6,000. If we sell out, if we sell out every day. Right. So here's the math I did for y'all. So how we structure our inventory for the candles is that we would do 42 candles per day at the craft fair. 30 small ones and 12 big ones. The smaller ones are $15 and the bigger ones are $35. So 42 candles at those price points times seven uh, will get me to $6,090. It'd be $29.40 for the big ones and uh, about $3,000 something for the small ones. So... Like I said, think about that. If we if we found a way to have 
a loan to get from a bank or MCA lender to cover the inventory it would cost to do the craft fair and pay for it. That would be 6,000 times four, which would be $24,000 in one month selling candles. If we Again, this is if we're working every single day for the month, we can make $24,000. But we also have to pay for the craft fair itself. So let's say the craft fair, I believe, is 1,500 for the week. Yeah. So 1,400, so that would be three four thousand dollars yeah that sounds that don't seem right oh never mind damn that yes that's crazy okay because i was like the six thousand numbers only for one week but the four thousand numbers for the whole month right right so we would probably make still crazy that means we would make the money back in the first week and still make a profit right so we would make like twenty thousand dollars in a month if we worked every single day at a craft fair now that's crazy now that 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 is insane and that's just us by ourselves going to our let's say that was let's say that was our job. Our job is to go sell candles. We go there seven days a week from what eleven to five, eleven to six, and just sell candles. That will generate online sales. It will generate Instagram followers. It will sell candles at the place. It's crazy. So Yeah, it's it's things like that that make me go, okay, we are we are closer to getting to where a point where the bamboo tree is gonna just sprout up like this. Like we're we're almost at that point. And we really wanna focus on, like I said, the online thing, which is why we want to do affiliate marketing because we're thinking, like I said before, if people are also selling the candles and getting a payment from the candles, they have more incentive to sell the candles. They go, Hey, I have a candle uh that i'm selling for 35 dollars. if you want to buy it you can and then that person who says that gets a percentage of it that's all they gotta do and they get paid so i'm like as a smaller creator if somebody offered us that back in the day i would 100 take it. i would probably take it now probably um i feel like yeah i'll probably take it now if it was a product that i used i would absolutely take i would absolutely do it now if somebody said fiji water affiliate affiliate marketing i'd be like look at this water hey look at this um so Bro, I'm telling you, this candle, this candle thing is is really crazy. Like I said, I was talking earlier in the podcast about how so many people have helped us out to get to where we're at, and this last cafe that we did is only because Melissa's friend Brittany gave us the money to get into the craft fair. The craft fair cost three hundred dollars, so that money we took from the three hundred she gave us, we got into the craft fair, and we made thirteen hundred dollars. $1,300 from the $300 she gave us. And I'm like, that's an insane. It's just insane. Like, so, bro, I guess my, my mind is blown. And yeah, like I said, it's just, it's just, it's a crazy thing. It's, it's really, it's really crazy that we are like on the brink of getting out of this nonsense that we're in. I'm just, I guess I can't, I, I don't really have words for it because I'm, I'm still in it. But I think on the other side, when we sitting back and relaxing finally, that I can actually then go, okay, we have done it. Like we finally made it. And I said, shout out to Brittany. Cause she was like, listen, this money is for the craft fair. Put it to the craft fair. Like don't put it to nothing else. This is for the craft fair. This, I mean, just the candle. That's it. Put this for the candles. We say, okay, we got you. How can we utilize 300? Can we buy more inventory? Could we put it to uh, affiliate marketing? No craft fair. Put it to a craft fair, made the money back. Easy. Like, listen, this is what we do. We go to this craft fair, but we we be at the craft fairs, right? This happens a lot. They be like, yo, 
yo, y'all be, yo, people's always buying the candles. Like, people are always like, like, what are y'all doing? Like, oh my God, I can hear y'all selling this. It's amazing. I'm just like, listen, <laughs> listen, when you have a great product and a, you have me, it's like, <laughs> it's like the great combination. Like, come on now. So I'm just like, it is what it is. Um, And I, I'm always really curious about people who sell candles or sell anything at the craft fairs because I like to know what the barometers are. I think it would be crazy if we are making like, we have to be top three in that place. Like if we're not number one, we're definitely top three sellers in there because not only do we sell the most, I think we're averagely priced in that air and for in that in that market. And the people that are priced higher than us, I don't think they move as many units as we do. Like think about this. We made thirteen hundred dollars in two days and on the first day we made eight hundred and five dollars, right? We did not work for like an hour and a half. We were sitting down tired from selling for like an hour and a half. Just not selling. And the second day, we ran out. We had we run out of candles. We sold out of candles, right? And we brought almost 84 candles, some 80 some candles, almost like 70, 76 candles. It was definitely 80. It was 60 plus 22, so it was 82. So we brought 82 candles, and we left with like 14 candles. So it's like if we had more candles, people wanted to buy, we would have made more money. Is like I said, it's just mind blowing. Um, so we're gonna try. We're still trying to figure out how to blow that up. Uh, I'm very, I'm somewhat reluctant to put like full steam into it, only because I want the house to be done. So my full focus right now is finding a buyer for the house. My strategy now is to give it two weeks, possibly, depending on how it goes, and then I would, out of people I talk to, I would hire an agent that I think is a really good agent to list the property, and then we'll just go from there. So. Ah, man. Uh, listen, 2023. I thought 2022 was going to be the year, but I think it's going to be 2023. Because if we, once we sell this house and start making money from um, everything else, bruh. Oh, man. Oh, man. Listen. Um, but it's also as far as the candles go, YouTube just made some new feature that allows creators who don't have 10,000 subscribers we're not there we're gonna get there real quick as soon as this house done we're blowing up but right under that they now have a uh feature of people who have at least a thousand subscribers and are monetized to be able to sell products on the webs like on youtube i know you'll probably see what people have like hats and shirts and things like that so we're gonna put the candles on the website is it the website on, 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 on the video right on the bottom of the video when you scroll you see the candles and you can purchase a candle there so i'm excited about getting that up we have the amazon account like i said we just need to get the house is bro this house is like a shackle like the house is like this big ass shackle like just get off of me so we could run like we about to go we about to it's, it's like we moving and the damn house is like mm, not yet not yet yeah another thing that stuck out to me about the candles too Normally when we go, normally when we pay for it, you have to choose what category you're in. So there's like a clothing category or like a vintage category and then candles has its own category. So typically, you know, they do that to make sure there isn't too much of one type of product in the place. So normally there's two to three candle people, including ourselves that mm -hmm. are there. Mm -hmm. This weekend, there was, how many did you count? Eight. Eight, nine. Bruh. Nine, eight 
people selling candles this weekend. I remember walking in the first, when you first walk in right directly next to the door, there's people selling candles. Directly next to us was someone selling candles. Directly across from us was someone selling candles. There was so much candle people in the place yesterday. I mean, yeah, this weekend. And it was a little, it was a little discouraging at first when I came in, cause I'm like, sheesh, I, I never operated in this space. Is there enough candles for everybody? <laughs> um, and I, it's insane how well we did, I think, under those circumstances. And I think that every crafter we've done has had some type of circumstance, whether it's it was raining, it was snowing, it was winter, now it's summertime, it's a bajillion people. We ran out of candles. Right, ran out of candles. So to make the amount that we did in, in those conditions with so much competition is really just mind-boggling to me. Yeah, like I said, that was... I definitely was like, like right next to the candle person. I'm like, damn, like I would have been better. I mean, it didn't really bother us, obviously, because we still made a decent amount of money. But just for my psyche, I would have rather have us be in our own space, have candles all around the rest of the the whole, um, like the the fair. But listen, like I said, we was we were people's walking around. They like, damn, they they see our bags. You know that when you come over, you're gonna buy a candle. People enjoy the candle. They enjoy the experience of being sold the candle. They enjoy leaving with a candle. It's a it's an experience. Like I said, we are coming in strong we coming in with a great product great marketing great sales from top to bottom is great great setup, great setup everything everything look listen i look at my face you see my face you see how great i look look at my, look at my you see us a black couple like come on look at you what are you compete who are you doing how 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 you gonna how you gonna how how are you gonna do it you can't you can't compete we gonna be we coming hard we coming in strong like melissa was saying our competition is People that are making millions of dollars a year on candles. People who are selling 50, 100, some candles a month online. Like, that's our competition. We're like, yeah, how can we get to that level? Um, so, so, it was a great experience. I always have fun at the craft fairs. Um, and I'm just like, it's cool. I don't know if I could do 30 days in a row, though. No, 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 no. That for for 24000 though? No, no. Yeah, I, I feel like we would just have to take take the L and like have somebody else sell for like two days or something at least at least Ooh, my mom maybe like right I mean like like I said I think it's possible I think it's doable whether it's hiring someone whether it's that's crazy yeah all right so I also I'm gonna put a picture of the house of the basement um that got painted it looks a lot better than it did before um it's gonna be a very blurry picture because um the painter took it well, I don't know what kind of phone he has. It's obviously not an iPhone. Um, but I like it. It came out looking better, and the floor the floor just has to be cleaned. So I'm I'm okay with how it looks. Like I I'm I'm okay with how it looks. I hey I'm okay. Like it's it's okay. I, that I, that's the only word I can think of it. And it's it reaches the the bare minimum of what I wanted to do. And then that's always good because the rest of the house looks great. Right. Exactly. Like if everything else is a hundred, like okay, the basement is a base. It's a basement. Right. You're not supposed to live down here. You could tell we put work into it. It has new equipment. The floor is porcelain tile. The the walls is painted. Listen. So I said, we could just find a buyer. Bro, you know I didn't tell you this? So, boom. I called someone today. Okay. Right? And they had this house on the market for like 3 30 
right up the block from my house, I think. It might be, it might be on Dover Street, I think. It's, it's, it's up the block. And it had left like 3.30. It's beautiful. Not beautiful, but they, like, they have mad finishes where they have like the bowl the 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 sinks that have the bowl on top yeah they have mad stuff showers by itself basement fully finished i'm like wow this shit 3 30 that's crazy i'm like this kind of helps us out so i call the agent he's like yeah that listing uh i think he said it, they canceled it, it or they either canceled or expired one or the other he said it's already sold I was like, what? How did, what do you mean it's sold? He's like, yeah, they already sold it. I said, for how much? He was like, they're so stupid. And I was like, what? What do you mean? He said, yo, they're they're stupid and they are fucking up the, the housing area. I'm like, what are you talking about? Mm-hmm. They sold this house for $167,000. What are you talking about? What are you... <sighs> right. I'm a, I'm a, you what know what? Reason? So, I'm going to fucking find the pictures Uh of the house okay what's the reason so the reason that they uh decided to sell it is because they got it as a gift from their i think it was passed down to them and they wanted to try out being a flipper and they didn't want to deal with waiting for the house they wanted the money so they sold it at 167 and they have a second property which is why he said they're stupid because he was like you know that's going to affect the sale for your other house but they don't understand that. So they just want the money to put out. And I'm like, it costs like 120, 130 to renovate the house. Like if you got it for free, you made 30, 40? yeah, 40K. But they could have made a hundred and something K. They need the money, according to what he said. To do what? I don't know. I don't think they need it for, but I can get 40K right now. Or I can wait three, three months to get, or four months to get. 100k yeah i guess yeah. 200k depending on your circumstance you motivate a seller oh so and they had if they had they had it listed for 330 they could have got 267 so yeah that's, insane. Yeah. that's a waste bro and fuck up the whole neighborhood he was like yeah i have a house over here i think he said i have four houses over there like, that's gonna fuck up all the comps like like why would you even like why would y'all do that um so so yes that is how that house looks um well honestly an appraiser probably wouldn't use that house as a comp well sure an appraiser might not but you know i mean yeah i guess that's what matters i was thinking about other agents they might still use it oh i mean yeah for but they i don't think they matter. So I, I wouldn't use it. I think the appraisers matter more. And like I said, an appraiser wouldn't use that because that's like against everything else in the neighborhood. And it's the d- d- distress or duress or whatever. Mm. But they need the money. Yeah. That's why they sold it. So they that's that like if you wanted to get a loan on the house, that would not be used as a comp. Hmm. That's interesting to say for the for the guy. Um for the agent who I was talking to. He definitely didn't say that, and I think that's funny because what you're saying is true, and he probably didn't think about that. But I just, I just think that shit is really crazy. Well, okay. So I know I declared that I was going to take two weeks, not consecutive, by the way, not consecutive. Like it was going to be seven, you know, 14 days consecutively. It was, it was going to be in a matter of two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I was planning on completing my UX design course. Now, 
it's very interesting because there's something that you know Donovan and I talk about all the time, which is freedom versus you know money. Mm-hmm. For me, money is more important. I want to be able to do things. I want to be able to like spend money. I see. I know. I know you do. I know. And have the money to spend, and I will give up my freedom for amounts of time to get the money to then spend when I'm free again. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've been coming across a lot lately is people that kind of have, has either have had the same mindset as me, kind of going in and out of like the job force and then going back into entrepreneurship. Um, and they're at a point where it's like, no, nah, I'm, just, I'm just here with my business. I'm just doing this, you know, nothing else. I'm not going back, I'm not interviewing no more. I'm not doing this stuff no more. And it it did strike a chord with me because I internally do feel like if I put all my energy into editing videos, into making the figuring out the candles, whether that's figuring out a business to business plan, affiliate marketing, whether that's going and um, making the candles be a part of like some um, like a wholesale strategy, whatever. Yeah, still business to business, but yeah, um, that putting my energy into that instead of you know probably the ux design would be beneficial to me um however after you know having a conversation with donovan i think that is best for me to still do both so still do the ux design course because i do think that the information that i've learned there is very important to me specifically and i feel like it would help me use my superpower which is empathy and that's a very big part of the course and i feel like it'll help me make better decisions or at least understand why because what what the decisions i made for the candles how it looks um the places that i wanted to be and all that stuff it's more so a feeling that i'm guided by um more so than it being like more technical and i feel like you know that's good for me right now at this level but i need to understand more in order to really i feel like bring this to its biggest potential and i feel like understanding user experience will help me to get there so i do think it's important for me to finish it um i like to put those time constraints on myself because if i don't i feel like i'm not going to finish either at all or within a reasonable amount of time. It's going to be two years from now. Still <laughs> so that's how I wanted to do it in two weeks. But like I said, I'm going to get it done. I'll just add it to one of my goals for this year. Pretty sure I'll get it done by December if I do that. Um, and uh, I want to go about it that way. Yeah. I think my, my perspective on the course was that it's a valuable skill. And it doesn't mean she has to work in UX design. Um, but I also have faith in Melissa's choices uh, sometimes, uh, with these, with this particular thing, there's something I believe that if she thinks she can get a job from it and it'll help us down the line, I am behind her with it because she's done it before when it's the same thing with the candles, they making money, same thing with the PA thing. It was making, she was like, okay, we don't have no money. I need to get a job. How can I get a job? She got, got the PA job and she made money from it so same thing again with the candle so if she feels like she can make money from ux design in three or four months doing it i believe she could do it um now it just comes down to 
will we need it or not need it? And I also think the skill set of having it is valuable. So even if she doesn't decide to take it to an actual job, then it's like, okay, you can then apply this same thing to the business, whether it's how to make, you know, design the candles or an app or a spreadsheet or, uh, you know, any website, anything that we're doing or a product that we make, anything like that, she can take that background into that. And if she wants, if she finds it to be more interesting and entertaining, she can continue down the path of UX and see where it takes or leads her. So that's my perspective on the uh, on the UX design. Um, okay, so episode playback, I don't really remember what episode playback was, but what I do have on here was the episode Melissa was scammed or almost scammed for getting her first PA job. That was episode, it was episode 71 was when Melissa almost got scammed um, trying to become a production assistant. And that was 11 months ago, almost 12 months ago, almost one year ago. <laughs> so that was shot on July 30th, which would literally be in four days from now. <laughs> so, yeah, isn't that isn't that crazy? I think that, like I said, I, I really think that once the house is gone, it's going to be crazy because like uh, the money that we've made. Cause I'm like, think about if the money that we made at the craft fair, we were able to put that full thirteen hundred back into the candles. Right. The full thing. Imagine we do. Imagine we were able to pay for craft fairs, like for a whole month. Like, okay, every weekend this month we have a craft fair, and we can like pay in advance. Right now we can only pay when we have the money. It's like, okay, we could pay for August because we have, you know, but we got to buy it in May. Mm -hmm. So, but if we had the money to buy all of August and September as they come up. And just be like, you know what? We don't want to do it. Let's just cancel it and, you know, not do it. But, you know. Uh, so, I do have a Donovan's question for today. Um, my questions for today is, and I had asked my guy, Tori, this question. Okay. It is, what is the benefit of being a man? Not a male, M-A-L-E, but a man. And a man, to me, because I think this question is always asked. And trying to figure out what it is and how I would define a man is an energy because I don't think that you can I don't think that you can necessarily in words describe a man personally that's, that's how I feel um, I do think that there are men across the spectrum and by men again I don't mean males there are males and then I think there are men um, but I think that women know when they see a man like it's very different than when they see a male or a boy they feel very different around that kind of person and to me I think that is what embodies a man now a man could play anime a man could play video games a man could uh sell dresses or make dresses it doesn't those it doesn't none of those things in my opinion necessarily uh define whether the person's a man or not i think again it's how they carry themselves and i i think that's why it's hard for the whole transgender argument of like what is a man and what isn't a man is because people are trying to say like well men play basketball and well women play basketball too it's like well my men are supposed to chop down wood well she does that too and i don't chop down wood so am i a man and it's like and i think that that kind of dilutes the argument um i do think that you can it's, a, it's an energy thing um about it i would also say a prerequisite is having a penis i would probably say that too 
Um, but regardless of that fact, I would definitely I would lean more so the energy thing. Um, now, when I asked this question, my thought process was this: that when it comes to being a man, right, the things you have to endure to be a man are more or less kind of what would that word be suppressing your emotions that's one of the things uh also taking the the brunt of everything being the bigger person in all situations uh having to do a lot of things you don't want to do um to me i think that those are things that do embody a man keeping other people safe i think uh also does embody what a man is and i was thinking about it and i was just like okay what what does a man get for that right and i personally believe that that is the reason why now we have less males who want to be men and i think it's funny enough i'll come back to this but i think if i gave if i gave you a list right of all the things to do to be a man like all the things you have to make enough money you have to you know be punctual you have to make somebody feel safe um you have to take the lead you have to suppress your emotions and put everyone else's needs before yourself those kind of things right and i said okay the outcome would be what the outcome would be you get a lot of women um some men respect you uh you might get further in the workplace Maybe you feel better. I don't think you feel better personally. Um, and I couldn't really come up with a lot of the the benefits of following the path of being a man, of being honest all the time and calling out wrongdoing. And I believe that that is part of the reason why there's a transgender situation going on other than people pushing it. But I think it's because if you look at men, they go, or males, they go, why do I, what do I get from doing that? The guy that is on TV, on, you know, YouTube or whatever, who's quote unquote a snitch, let's say that use that as an example. The reason I use snitch as an example is because the reason why a snitch was supposed to be lower than a man or lower than dirt is because you decided that you were going to play this game with us. You decided you're going to come in here and you're going to follow these rules. That's your word. You took for it. And then as soon as you get caught up, you're now going, oh, no, I, I don't want to do it no more. It's too much for me. I'm out. I'm out. And I think that that was a problem people had with snitches. It's like you can't commit all these crimes with us and then throw us under the bus so you can get out. Right. And I think that, again, that it, it does embody a less manly energy. I feel like you can't feel as manly when you have to say, yeah, I sent on my friends to get out for myself. There's a there's an air of like, oh, OK, like you. I don't really trust you. Like you kind of suspicious. Like I, your word doesn't really mean much. And I think that that is why the snitch was supposed to be a bad thing. But if you look at it now in this perspective that we're trying to present today, it's more so of protect yourself and only you and nobody else so throw everybody under the bus do what you want to do you don't have to lead you can be you can you can go on social media and make up lies about somebody and become rich you can be a snitch and become successful at a different career so the morals that we used to have or my assumption of what we used to have i feel as though now they don't really have any merit or weight to it because you could be a guy. And this is what I talked about earlier about as far as being or having benefits of being a man. Let's say that you are an upstanding guy, right? And then you get cheated on. And you're like, damn, 
that's kind of crazy. Like, I was being a good dude, and because, you know, maybe she wasn't ready to be in a relationship or whatever the case might be, she cheated. And it's kind of like, okay, that happens a couple of times. Let's say now you're outside, people look at you as a man, they want to take shots at you because they feel like, okay, you're more masculine. Or they feel like you're intimidating them just by you being around, right? Because I've, I believe that masculine men make unmasculine men feel uncomfortable. Um, and now, just by existing, people want to tear you down. So... You look at it from that perspective, and I think it go it becomes a thought of, well, why would I want to do that? Like, there's no benefit. And I think now, if we had a situation where men or what we what uh, the man the, the masculine energy is that we see and feel, I think that if it was applauded more, we would have more of it. But it's not. So we go in the other direction. We have less of it, in my opinion, because of that same reason. It's not applauded, and the, what is applauded is the other side. So now you have a situation where a person has uh, an option. They go, okay, I could be this manly energy thing, right? I could have that, exhibit those qualities. Or I could not do it, right? Just, just exist and get the same benefits, if not more, than that one. Why would I do that? What's the point of upstanding to my morals if this is what happens? Like I, there's no real benefit to it, um, and I I believe that that is one of the reasons why, or one of the some of the reasons why, uh, we have a lot less masculine energy feeling men. Now here is here's my other thing about this, right? This is what this is where my logic starts to kind of it's I have to I have to challenge myself to think about these kind of topics. So I think that. For the majority of people, we see a masculine man and we go, we know he's a like that. That dude is a man. Like we could tell by the way he talks, dresses, walks, whatever. That's a man, right? And we even, if I told you to draw out what a man would look like, here's where the confusion for me is. And like I said, you guys can feel free to tell me, you know, what you may think about this because if I was to ask you, my first question would be to define what a, a manly man is right how would you, what would he look like what would you draw him as you know what kind of things you think about i'm asking i'm asking melissa what she thinks yes and i want you to describe in your mind the most masculine man you could think of describe that to me the most masculine right the like super masculine man give me some qualities some physical qualities of this man or even non-physical both actually would be good uh First thing that comes to my mind is like an image of mm -hmm. a jack. First thing, Lumberjack. Okay, keep going. What else? Chopping wood. Mm-hmm. Muscles. Mu mm-hmm. Big. Right. Probably, yeah, beard. Mm-hmm. Um. Go on, keep going. What else? What else you got? <laughs> He's just like, I'll get that for you. Like, okay. Kind of energy. Um. You see me carrying something. You're like, wait, wait. We'll get that for you. Mm-hmm. You know, kind of thing. Um, and, you know, like taking charge or like commanding the room, being like, sh I was going to say strong, like, um, with their words, like s spoken, but like, I feel like that's not the best word to use for that. Cause it's kind of like, you're talking with like conviction or like, yeah. yeah at least standing behind what you say or what you mean mm -hmm. um, i think 
those would be what comes to mind. Okay, so that's how Melissa would describe a man, like a masculine man, right? Now, now I'll get to the part I've been saying about the dilemma for me is how or what is a feminine woman? What is a quintessential woman? Because if I was to ask you, let me ask you this question too. Celebrity you could think of. Who is a masculine man that comes to mind? Masculine man, probably like Jason Momoa or like The mm-hmm. Rock. Or mm-hmm. like, um, is that those two? I feel like there's somebody else. I'm trying to find someone that's like black. I mean, I think, I think The Rock is black, but. I know, but he, I feel like he's. He's, he's light. He's, like, he's, huh? He's so light. He's so light. Right. You need someone dark. What about Mike Tyson? Will he be a man to you? Yes or no? You can mm-hmm. say no. That's fine. You can say no. Mm-hmm. You don't see him as that. That's fine. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of some strong, like... What about Denzel Washington? Yeah, Denzel, yeah. But, like, I feel like there's someone else that I'm missing. Um, I'm very upset that I can't think of it. Well, LeBron. No? Giannis? I don't watch, I don't watch basketball. So oh. That's fine. I'm, I'm trying to think, I'm thinking of people that I could think of that might fit into what I'm, we might be as. Because I don't really know, like, I can't think off the top of my head. Right. I don't, I, I think whoever I'm thinking about, I don't know their name. Okay. So, yeah. Okay, that's, that's fine. Now, when it comes to a woman, if you were to ask me, what is a quintessential woman? What is a, a super feminine woman? Somebody that's very feminine. What would that be? And this is where I get confused because how is it that we have such clearly defined roles or clearly defined character traits for what a manly man is supposed to be, but it's not as obvious for a woman. Now, if I was to think about that, right, think about it, I think the first thing that comes to mind would be cooking and cleaning. That would be it. Like, that's what comes to mind first. But maybe getting their nails done, things, things like that. So... I think part of the problem as far as the transgender thing goes is we have a situation where we have demonized what a man is supposed to be, but we also have not told people what a woman actually is. So because we have not defined a woman, people feel like they could be a woman. And this is the thing about being a man, in my opinion, why I say it's about an energy thing. I think that women will see men and other actually men too will see quote masculine men and go i'm gonna pretend to be that like i'm going to try and imitate what he's doing and that's gonna make me a man so he's wearing lumberjack like imagine what melissa said a guy that's wearing a lumberjack and doing these things say hey i'm gonna get that for you i'm gonna wear this uh uh lumberjack sweater i'm gonna chop this wood right and a woman may see that or a non-male a man may see that and go, if I do that, I'll be a man. And the reason why I disagree is because it's the things that the person does and thinks about that then causes them to have that energy. So, like, the reason why the person is just, you know, imaginary, imaginary masculine man is helping women with, I don't know, uh her groceries is because he's like you know what i'm strong i don't want you to hurt yourself i'm gonna do this for you oh, not just because i think this is what men do right exactly not because oh men's supposed to do this i'm gonna do it and i think that that cha- that's a different kind of energy because i think that he will do it because it's the right thing to do it's a moral thing as opposed to 
Look at me. I'm being a man, guys. I'm carrying her groceries. Why am I not getting praise for this? I don't understand. I need my praise. I, I'm carrying the groceries. Everybody's like, okay, we don't care. Like, nobody cares you're carrying the groceries. But you're like, he's doing it. He's a man. Why would I do it? Nobody say nothing to me. And I think that for the whole transgender argument, women see that and go, I'm going to try to imitate that. But I don't think it's, you can imitate it because you don't know where it comes from. So now I go back to the women thing. Who would you say, Melissa, mm -hmm. of all celebrities or people you know, is a woman? Quintessential woman. Like, this is a woman right here. Like, she's a woman. Feminine. Very feminine. Energy. Who you got? I don't think people are going to like my answer. Why not? Who do you think it is? Don't you care? <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. So, let me ask you this. Why do you say she's a woman? What do you think about her makes her a quintessential woman to you? she taps into her femininity in a way that is unapologetic but what is that i think that it's kind of like in how she dresses well, that's the thing it's only sometimes though don't quote like that's fine i said her whole i'm trying to figure out what are the things because, that like, do that it, it, like it'll be like how she does her makeup the colors that she uses the imagery that she uses for her for her either her um music videos or her like um performances her outfits mm -hmm. i think it's yeah it's very feminine it's very much yeah what i what i think encompasses that it's like but what are those women. But that's what i'm saying yes. you're okay, name the because yes. with with the man you yes. gave me the things name the things with the woman so he, i think it's like i said i think it's makeup okay i think it's the colors and how what she wears fits her body mm -hmm. i think it's um kind of the sexuality that is displayed through her music where it's like yeah like i know my you know have the the goods got the boobs got the butt got this got the that okay i use it I, I, um and i just think i think another reason is when i listen to her music I feel feminine. Okay. Um. So I think that's why. But I feel like that's not really a good answer. To not really. Question. But it's not. But like I said, I think this is part of the problem because I don't really have an answer either. I wonder if I wonder if that you know what it is. What? This is the core of everything. Men. Mm hmm Are visual. Okay. So I can see the things that make you a man. Mm hmm Women. Feelings. You feel feminine. You don't see femininity like that, really. You feel it. Hmm. I feel pretty. I feel. And that, I mean, I'd also go back to the whole energy thing where you don't actually. That's why women don't know what it is to be a man because they, they, they think they see it. And they think that's. And that's what I have a problem with where, they, where women feel like a man who's yelling all the time, who's loud, is a man. Mm -hmm. And that bothers me because I'm like. That's not. That's not that. That's the equivalent of a guy putting on a, uh, getting breasts and ass and makeup and going, I'm a woman now. Where it's like, well, I'm you, you said makeup and dancing, so I'm doing that. I must be a woman now. And it's like, nah, you're not a woman. I think I think I think being a woman, what it means to be a woman is attached very much to how we feel. 
I think mm. it's how we yeah approach situations. Our our emotions like one thing that I saw was interesting was on TikTok. I want to look more into it, mm-hmm. um, but just on a base level, it was a girl talking about how much her life has changed now that she has synced everything that she does to her cycle. Um, That's interesting. Because typically, you know, the way that the workday is structured, the way that the week is structured, the way most things are structured are based off of what men experience, how they experience their days. You know, as a woman, you know, when I release it, when I make it semen every day, we got this one egg, the, our whole month revolves around this one thing, and you know, there's different things that's happening throughout the month during that time. So a lot of our emotions are tied to that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that, and it, it is like whether or not you're able to get pregnant, whether or not you're able to have, um, uh, whether or not you have a period, I feel like, feelings and emotions are very very much tied to being a woman hmm so okay so now the reason why i brought up these questions was because if someone if i i don't think that women in this day and age know what it is to be a woman and i also think that what the idea of a woman is or was has also been demonized and it's kind of like women should now be more of the providers and the leaders and men should be more of the nurturing and the caring type. That's kind of what it is. And I think the reason that is comes back to like, if you, if you think about wars, right? When they have a war, one of the things they always do is they destroy the history of the people because they don't want you to know where you came from because it's either it's easier to control a person who doesn't know what the history is. And I think that that is what is happening with men and women because it's like, what does it mean to be a woman? It's like, I don't know. Have big, big titties and big ass? Like. Because it's like, it's, I understand what you're saying. I think that just because that's who a man is or a woman is historically doesn't mean that's what I want to be now. So. Mm. so, this is, okay, I'm glad you brought that up. Because. It's not about what you want to be now. It's about knowing what where you come from. So that would be the equivalent of saying, well, because I'm Jamaican, I can't wear Chinese costumes. And it's like, no, you can do that. You want to wear Chinese costume? You want to dress up as a Japanese or you want to dress up as some other culture? You can do that. But you're Jamaican. And I think that the difference now is like, no, 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 I'm Chinese because I'm wearing Chinese clothes. And it's like, no. You're not like it. That's not where you come from. And I think that, like you're saying now, what women have been kind of told, like, well, you can be whatever you want. And it's like, no, you are a woman first before anything else. You are a woman. Do you want to be a stronger woman in terms of, you know, in this particular aspect? Sure. But that still should, in my opinion, should come from what it is to be a woman. But the problem is, I don't think we know what it is to be a woman. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to go out here and just do whatever I want to do. But if you talk to most women, they usually say they want the same things. Like there's a core wanting. I feel like that women go, I want this, 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 and this. Um, yes. What I was talking about earlier was more so in terms of the roles that we have to play being, um, like what a historical, 
which which would be pretty much cleaning, cooking, mm-hmm. and not doing anything unless your man says so. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but women love that. Sure. But that, but see, that's what that's what I'm saying is. But I, but that's the thing. It's like, but some some don't. I my my experience, they I'm gonna say 99 percent want that. That's like. No matter how strong the woman is, she wants a man that's gonna make her be like, "Don't do that." No matter, no matter how, no matter how, she could be a bodybuilder, she could be the CEO. When she go, sure, but I feel like that's different. Um, Maybe I have to read up on it more to kind of understand how things were back then. But I'm kind of under the impression that it's like. You have to kind of do what any man tells you to do, like whether it's like it's your boss, um, like your coworker. They take precedent because they're a man. So I'm glad you brought that up too. We had this conversation the other day about when you went to the gas station, mm-hmm. where and what I has, what happened with Melissa was she had went to the gas station to get some gas, and a guy in a wheelchair came up to her and was kind of bothering her about pumping her gas and trying to get money from her, and another guy had came over and gave the guy money, right? To get him away from you? Is that what happened? Um, pretty much, yeah. Okay. So the other guy came over and kind of like ushered that guy away. Now, this is my theory. I think that women would have less of an issue following majority of men if the majority of men were acting like what a man is supposed to be. Because I think what a, a man would do in that situation is like what he did. Like, hey, why are you bothering her? Yo, leave her alone. She told you she doesn't want you doing the thing. And I think if that guy said to you, hey, listen, miss, I need you should need to go inside the store right now. I think you'd be like, OK, I'm going inside because this man I don't know is going to protect me from this other thing. Right. But I feel like everyone doesn't come from a place of protection. And that's the problem. But that's not a man. And that's that's what the, that's what I think the problem is, is so that. feel like OK, so you feel like if the person is a real man, they won't try to take advantage of you and put you in that type of exactly and i think that women overall be more trusting of men if they know that i'm most men that i come in contact with are trying to protect me from danger or trying to help me with my groceries or whatever the case hey you seem like you're walking inside the road you need help your groceries are heavy you know i'm gonna pump your gas for you i don't know i don't even want it to number or nothing i just want to make sure that you're good and you go about your day that's very interesting because i feel like when i watch a lot of shows and stuff it, it like it'd be like men this is just dangerous. Like you don't want to be around them. Right. They gonna push stuff in your drink. They gonna drag you out in the middle of the street. But I think being around men, some of y'all, you know, makes me feel uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. But I have been in situations where other men have recognized my uncomfortability from another man and stepped in and you know done something about it. Or yeah, tried to make me feel safe. Mm-hmm. So. I do agree with you that that is a, that duality is not shown or not really like because I'm trying to think if some if I'm what I but in both situations I never called out to the other man for help and I wouldn't have does that make sense and what what's both situations and like the like gas station and then there was a situation in, in college I'm just thinking about the fact that as a woman I I then I looked for another man to help in the situation. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Um, because it's like, no, all y'all, all the problem. Right. And that that is that is an, another part of the problem where I don't know if a chicken or an egg thing. I I think that men are demonized. 
somewhere along the line what it was to be a man at some point was like okay we're going away from that i don't know if it's because if it was a military thing i don't know if it was like a, a situation where the environment changed or something but somewhere along the line i feel like women felt less safe with men um i mean yeah i think it has to do with from from yeah i think it, it has to do with the military thing for sure because you have women that were in you know certain relationships or whatever um you know before wars would happen their husbands would go away now they have to take up those responsibilities you know prior to those prior to having those responsibilities it was kind of like well you know you just couldn't clean mm -hmm. now now i'm taking control of things and things are still running smoothly and it's like oh yeah i can do this and then you come home and some people have ptsd some people you know they get very abusive after going off to war yeah. with their women so now you come home you're beating me you're doing all these things and i know that i have the capability to do these things myself i'm not i'm not going to trust you anymore to 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 take care of me to protect me and now i have to do this myself mm -hmm. so i think that's and then that's then taught to your daughters mm. there's something wrong for sure I can't figure out what it is because in previous podcasts, and this is like a super, 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 super deep underlying theory that I have. Okay. Um, but current thought process that I have conflict with it. I feel like women are the most powerful between men and women. That is, that's been my theory that I've had for a while. And the reason I always say that is because I think the person who has the most power is the person that has the thing that other people want. I think the problem is that women are not physically strong enough to keep to protect themselves from the thing that other people want, which would be the sex and the babies and stuff. Um, so it makes them seem like they're weaker. But just because you stole from me doesn't mean that I'm weaker. I'm the one that has the value. You're trying to steal it from me. And I really believe that there, well, it's a theory I have that women are supposed to be in power, but I don't know what that looks like. That, and I don't know, and it might be a situation where women in power is not what a man looks like in power. And I think that might be where the problem is. I think women who are in power try to appear like a man in power as opposed to what a woman who's embracing her, her femininity, feminine, femininity looks like in power. And I think that might be part of the problem. Yeah. It's funny. I literally was having that same thought while you we were saying it. And I feel like we've even seen that kind of idea play out in like movies like donovan hates when like there's a fight scene with women versus men or something like that that looks like it's choreographed from like a man fighting yeah because it's like that's not realistic that's not how women will fight that's not how this would go um as opposed to like when you see a woman fighting like how you know how women would fight it's like it's artful like it it, it looks different yeah it's not it, it's not the same and i think that because the standard of power is is viewed through the lens of a man it that's what they're gonna show it as mm. so i think it's the same it's the same situation where i do agree that like women in power probably looks different than a man in power i i really don't know what it looks like and i, I think the reason why i don't know what it looks like is because 
that's kind of like a I feel like it's like a behind the scenes pulling the strings kind of thing versus being the person in front and on the podium. I'm not going to lie. I could I I could I could get behind that. Um but then that that could be part of the problem is because the man is the figurehead and the woman is the one that has the power. So the so the appearance will always be as though he has the power because that's what you see. Like a CEO or president or whatever, you look like, oh, that's that, that. I see his face. He's the one in charge. Um, but I, this is what I think. And that's going to be the last thing I say on this. I think that the women's power is the ability to have men do things for her. Right. And I think that in terms of being in charge, it looks more like that. Like, when she comes in, men are swooning over her. Hey, you want me to get your bags for you? Hey, you want me to get this? Hey, I got this thing for you. You ready? I just got this thing finished. You want this? I think that that is what a woman with who knows how to use her power looks like. I feel like that's still like a vanity kind of thing, though. It's not. I think it's more energy than vanity. Because like you can't. It's not about. Because you can look pretty and come in the office and people just don't respect you. But as the there's a respect about a woman also that she. I think she has that men will be like, oh man, I re- I want to do things for her. Like I, she seemed like she needs. I'm gonna help her with those. But I, something about her makes you want to help her. I can see that. We're used to thinking about men looking at women for only the sexual aspect, but I do think that men look at women to be nurtured. And I feel like mm-hmm. if you nurture, if you yeah, if you nurture a man, that they will, yeah, want to protect you. So if you're like a even like a mother figure or someone that makes that that they can confide in or makes them feel better, I feel like yeah, they'll probably go to bat for you as well, as yeah. opposed to you just being attractive for sex. Yeah, I think that if women use sex necessary, like only sex, then yeah. it doesn't work. Yeah. I think so. I think it I think it has to do with be with with nurturing or being nurturing or okay I guess I, I'm, I'm trying to trying to get off it trying to get off it I think the quintessential woman is a sugar baby I don't know about that one I'm gonna tell you why and I'm talking about the highest the higher class ones the ones the ones we've seen in the, in the on the clubhouse. clubhouse? They know how to be a woman. They know the things that it's not public though. And those and that it, that industry is demonized. But it's probably because they. I was watching an inside job documentary. The woman who was running like a whatever you want to call it. She's like, yeah, we have I have credit cards of like two CEOs and the main people of all these companies. I can just charge whenever I want. I could, yeah, I, yeah. Like now, how does that happen? How does a regular person from kentucky now have the credit card of the executive of morgan stanley what does she how does she do that what, what does she do she didn't just say i want to have sex with you that couldn't have been it yeah and, and they know a lot more than that too they so, they right right it's more than just credit card it's upcoming deals it's this company's about to do this it's more more women should be inside trading and they might be we don't even know they probably are right we don't even know. Hey, listen, you should. Hey, baby, you should try and we should get this deal coming up soon. We should pay. For, we should buy some apples. They're gonna split soon, and then you buy it. And now you're a millionaire. Who else knows? But you. Don't just don't tell nobody. If you tell anybody, they're gonna come to me. And just don't tell nobody. But listen, it's gonna go through tomorrow. I wonder if that. I really wonder if that's. I 
don't know. I feel like it's multifaceted. So really yeah, like I said, that's it gets, it gets deeper and deeper. Damn, 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 damn. I got messed up on my list. I want to talk about, but that's it. That one lasted too long. I'm telling you, I'm th- it was we was almost there, but that one got so deep. It it had more like we kept peeling back the layers, and it was more and more and more. It's interesting because I feel like because you also want to look at it from multiple sides. You don't only want to be like, well, it's just sex, or it's just this, or it's just that. Yeah. It's like there's different things in being a man and different things in being a woman. Oh, you know, we should, I want. I want this is what I want to do. I want to find one of these sugar babies or these people that be getting the money from the men, and I want to have them teach a course on how to be a woman. On how to be a woman? Yes. That's very interesting. Because they know. They, they, like I said, I remember, I'm just, I remember we was in a clubhouse room one time. We was on a podcast. We talked about this. And one of the women who was in there talking about how to get a man to buy you stuff and spend money on you, right? She was like, don't dress like no hoe. She was like, go to the library. Go to these other places. Go to these kind of places. Come in to go talk to him about. Go to the restaurant. Go to these other places that is not the strip club. She's like, people with money are not in strip club. They're not in this. They're not here. That's not where they at. And it was just funny to me about how she was talking about or teaching it about what women should do, how to meet men, what to say to them, how to dress, how to. She was like, listen, what she said. She's. Oh, she had a line. Oh my gosh, she had a fire line. It was like, it's about like being overdressed or what was. You remember what it was? She was like, I'm never doing too much it was something like that it was something like it was something like it was like even being overdressed she was like i always want to be overdressed wherever i go because i'm like that is not a real concept is what she was saying she was like where can i go where i'm overdressed that was her thing like because they were like why are you doing your nail, your nails your makeup and your hair everything every time you go out for what like why are you doing that you only go to the grocery store you only going to the thing you only going over there and she was like why would i not why would i not do that every time i go outside and they were, it was like, ooh. She was like, I want, she was like, I want to be ready and prepared when I go outside. Every time I leave the house, I'm ready and prepared. And I was just like, there's something there. There's something to that. There's something there. I, and if, funny enough, that does, I, I think, fall in line with historical what women would do. Mm. I do think so. Yeah. I'm telling you, listen, that's the secret code. You find you some, not a stripper. Sugar babies and only the real listen. Oh my god, man, I can't even. Bro, she was going in in that room, she was talking about so much stuff in that room, like she was really dropping gems. And I'm like, yo, this is crazy. This is and this is just free. And she was like, on just oh my god, like, think about this. This is the last after this. If you are a regular guy right now, right, even a regular woman. And I told you by the end of the year, you need to link up with billionaires and get on a boat and hang out with them. How would you even go about doing? I give you six months, honestly. Not a year. You got six months. Six months. I have an idea because I've been watching the Sugar BB. And what, what's, what's your what's your plan? What you gotta My do? Plan. Boom. We'll go. We'll hit up bars and like. The, uh, a billionaire? Okay, I'm listening. Cause you gotta, you gotta, you gotta first get in with just like not not billionaire yet, but just someone that's like making a higher amount. So you just want to go to like area, let's say 57th Street uh-huh. or whatever, go to bars around there. So cause that's where people hang out after work, kind of get to know those people, kind of get to hear where where they be at or whatever, and just to get an idea, just get a little little idea. Mm-hmm. Um, country clubs probably. I don't know. 
How you, how do you even dress for that? You gotta figure out how to dress for a country club. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you could just get a job there. Like you could just, you know, or like you just got you got stake it out, go on a tour, see what people. So how you know who's a billionaire? Huh? How you know who's a billionaire? How do you know who's a billionaire? Right. How you know who has the real money? I, that's why. I, that's why I said maybe work at one. Because then you would kind of see who's spending what, who's in what room. But here's the thing: you gotta also learn what is expensive. What's the real watch versus a cheap watch? Yeah. You get a Rolex for forty k. That's not expensive. You think it's expensive till you find out that they got watches for eight million dollars. They wearing that shit look like a a, a G Shock, yeah. and you like, bro. Yeah, I don't know. I'm trying to think. I don't know. Yeah, I would start. I would definitely start at like either a country club or like Equinox or something of the sort. I don't think they had Equinox. I, I, I'm not saying they're going to be there, but I feel like that would be my starting point. Mm-hmm. And then try to work my way up from there. Either with the people that I meet there and talk there, network with, whatever. Oh, what? There's a gal? Oh, see? Plus one. You want me to be sure? Sure. And then now you have the gala. And I, see, I see. I don't. This is my thing. This is my theory. <laughs> I don't think that they're going to be at galas. I, at, at, I don't think that. The person who's going to Equinox will be going to Gallows. I think that the person that goes to Equinox has the 20K Rolex on. Mm. I think you want to go. This is my opinion. If you want to find a billionaire, it's my assumptions. Go to places that people are buying boats. Places that people are going private, doing private jets. Uh, art galleries where, where they, you know, maybe like a, um, a, a auction or something like that. Like, what do billionaires do in their free time? And then go to those places. Okay, I that's what I that's what my assumption would be, but I don't even know where billionaires really hang out like that at. That's what I'm like. That's why I said golf clubs. I, right, that's another one. They love to golf. I've heard. Right, so that's what, that's why I said that's that would be my starting point. Wine, really expensive wine. You can learn about the wines. It's good, but anyways, listen. We'll be back here next Tuesday. You can find all the behind-the-scenes content on our social medias. Mine is Donovan Gray, D-O-N-I-V-A-N-G-R-A-Y, and my phenomenal, beautiful, amazing girlfriend, Anita Byrne. A-N-E-T-A-B-U-R-N. Okay? You know what it is. Hashtag Bamboo Project 2021. Excuse me. 2022. Okay? 2022. And with that being said, Bamboo Project out.